Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the indigo angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you, back for another episode, creating this new metal canon, one album at a time. That's what they say. That's what they say. We are back together in the indigo basement once again. The textures of the indigo. Basement. That's right. We're feeling really good because we just consumed a pizza oh. with some wings. Yum. And we're feeling great also because um, we're continuing the Bye Babe series. I'm a Bye Babe. Bye. And this week, Jenny, we knew we had to do one more corn before you went. You know, we had to. We had to. And a corn so, to remember. A corn. <laughs> That's right, Matt. And what a, what a corn to remember as this week we are listening to the corn album. Untitled. Ooh. By corn. Wow. Make right. it up. Make, Make it, it up. up. Up to you. Up to you. That's right. Jonathan Davis said, why not just let our fans call it whatever they want to call it? And that <laughs> statement, I want you to remember that because it's going to come into play in regards to this entire record. <laughs> so let's let's just dive in. Jenny, when did Untitled come out? Uh, <laughs> gonna be a good one why don't you just decide when it came out uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, untitled <laughs> unspecified unspecified release date uh it is specified it is july 31st 2007 come down record come down record indeed this record jenny any history with untitled no none whatsoever i'm not sure that i'd even seen this album cover before mm. we did uh did it for the show how about you, Lauren? So this was the last corn album that I bought day of release for many, 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 many years. This was the one where after this record came out, I was like, you know what? I might be on a bit of a corn break. I mm. might be on a corn break. Now, did I listen to the subsequent albums as they were released? I did. But I was not posted up in front of the old Best Buy, the old record store, to get a hot copy for the next few. So this one I did pick up at Best Buy. I don't know what I paid for it, but 2007 Best Buy. Let's say probably 9.99. I was gonna say 9.99. 9.99. Yeah, you know, because they just had these things. That's just, a doorbuster price. That's, they just hanging out near those end caps. Lost you know? leading. Yeah, they're like, listen, come in here, get a washing machine, get a dryer, and when you're walking out, corn got a new record. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you call on the album? Lauren. What do I want to call the record? Since uh, I think, yeah, we should all decide what we want to call the record. So actually, I'll pass back to you, Jenny. Okay. What do you want to call the record? Since sure. you can call it whatever you want. Sure. You're going to call it Sure. <laughs> all right. So Jenny says that this record is called Sure. I am going to call this record Not Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not that's right? better. That's, that's good. better than mine. Matt? Creepy Bird. Creepy Bird, Matt. You're going because of the very creepy artwork here. Matt, any history? With this record? No. Um, this falls into a complete corn black hole in my mind. Mm. I, I, What was the last one that we did? Uh, see you. Well, no. The last one we did was Corn Unplugged. And, okay. then, and then studio record, See You on the Other Side. Okay. And that's the blue cover? The black and blue cover? Yeah, with the animals with a little bit of a Alice in Wonderland yes, vibe. Okay. Yeah. That is the last album cover I remember until this show started okay so i am a complete 
black hole of corn albums between now and whatever came out, whatever the first album that was released mm-hmm. when we started recording. Okay. So, Matt, this means that in 2007, you were not aware of the tour they took for this album. No. So you did not have any tickets for the bitch we got a problem to. <laughs> no idea. Well, <laughs> sounds like that's a you problem. That is a me problem. It was problem. also a me problem. I didn't have tickets for the tour. Uh, yeah. So this record, Jenny, who's in corn? Oh, on this record? Mm. <laughs> bitch, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> the only personnel we have on this record. Uh, Jonathan Davis, vocals, bagpipes, some drums. Uh, James Monkey Schaefer on guitar and lap steel. Reginald uh, Fieldy Arvizu. I, you know, I should get that last name right. On simply bass. We do have some additional musicians. Mm-hmm. We got Terry Bazio on many, many of the uh, songs on drums. Brooks Wackerman on some of the drums as well, and Zach Baird on keyboards, organ, and synthesizer. That's right. Jenny, who we got producing this bad boy? This bad boy? This was produced by, ultimately, by Atticus Ross. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always so. Holy uh, shit. Started out working with The Matrix, weren't happy with how it was going, bopped right on over to Atticus Ross. Mm-hmm. Who, oh, we should we should bury the lead here. We had another hot doc. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hot doc. Yes. Now, was this a doc or was this footage? Well, if you ask Lauren, it's a doc. And if you ask me, it's a doc. And if you ask Sweet Mitchell, it is very much just footage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I believe any good documentary has sections that just say the name of a person and then them dicking around in the studio for two to five minutes. And then it cuts away for no reason. (laughs) What a doc. (laughs) That's, I believe, crafted by Varner Herzog. I believe that's how it's done. It's Grizzly Man. Grey Gardens, this corn <laughs> the making of yeah. Untitled, aka whatever you want to call it. Um, they do all yeah. get eaten by bears at the <laughs> end of this. So yes. The sound is so terrible. I will never play it out loud. That, Burn this tape. This po- this episode might end with that same quote in a different context. <laughs> so Burn this tape. Uh, no one should ever hear this. <laughs> And that's coming from an ice-cold German. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Oof. So, yeah, a lot a lot is going on in the world of corn when this record is being made. And if you read it straight from the wiki, it's interesting in one way, the flatness of it. But to hear it described by the members of corn in the dock, these are boys who I think are trying to keep it all together but also exhausted. Yeah, I mean, they're down to... Mm-hmm. They're... You can tell they're kind of like grasping. They're in the midst of... And what it feels like to me is hanging... When you hang on to something longer than you should. Mm-hmm. To me. So they haven't necessarily grown, but a lot of stuff has happened that they should have taken some time to process. What we have here is Head's left the band. He's been out for a little bit. And now Head is making music of his own and putting out a book. And JD especially is pissed about it. So we're going to have a couple songs dealing with that. Then David, beautiful David, 
has decided that he much rather run his restaurants than play them drums. And <laughs> oh, well, he can bang on the pots and pans if he needs to get it out. <laughs> yeah. you know? a la high School Musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so quick, you, yeah. quick, you. What chain of restaurants is David running here? Uh, he's got some steakhouses, as described by JD, and JD gives us gives us this info very matter of fact matter of factly in the in the doc and he's just he just seemed much more interested in running his steakhouses he just seemed like not into it so we were like yeah that's cool so he's taking a break that's how they that's how they position it taking a break taking a break a break that is now permanent i guess permanent break and he's like but it's cool because we got terry bazio the world's greatest drummer terry bazio in this doc is referred to as the world's greatest drummer five times Six at, times? At least. The the way they fawn over Terry Bazio. They are like, oh my God, Terry Bazio's here. Did you see Terry Bazio's drum set? Did you guys see? Did you see? Did <laughs> he you see? does he He's, has an obscene drum set. Yeah. His drum set is all all the drums. Like so he goes, Hey move over Neil Pert. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big oh, yeah. time. I, big there, time. Th- there's big like Neil Pert can suck it vibes to this set. Oh, Basio's like <laughs> you think you have China symbols? <laughs> Check this out. I mean, take a mirror like peek at this tiny Oh this tiny image. He, oh he, he, I love I love yeah. when drummers have over the head and shoulder. <laughs> if you are at yeah. Basio's kit, you can look in any direction. North, south, east, west, and drum. there's a drum. There's something to hit. And there's a sequence in the dock where everybody gets to sit at Basio's kit and hit something. This is all very excited to sit at Basio's kit. The other interesting thing, though, is that you watch this dock and you're like, wow, Dev and Terry Basio like, really hit it off. This, this is great. Then you read the Wikipedia under the, set, under the section, Terry Basio's Contributions. After successfully recording six tracks with Basio, Zach Baird announced that Basio would not be touring with the band on the Family Values Tour 2007. Jonathan Davis claims, quote, things just got weird with Basio. <laughs> yeah. Brooks Wackerman of Bad Religion was brought in to record some tracks, and even Jonathan Davis himself contributed something not done since 1999's issues. Monkey stated in an interview that Basio had imposed himself on the band. He mentioned that, among other things, Basio had demanded to be a full member of the band while receiving 25% interest. The band felt that this was, quote, offensive. Therefore, Korn decided not to tour with Basio. Jory Jordanson of Slipknot would tour with Korn on the Family Values Tour, along with the Bitch We Have a Problem Tour. Holy shit. <laughs> You should see the way that they're like talking about Basio, though. They're like, this is the best thing ever to happen to us. We can't believe we get to work with him. He's like animal. Yes. Oh, He's yeah. like animal from the Muppets, man. Mm-hmm. They're just like totally falling over themselves for this dude. So, and also, like, he is, uh, he is like Zappa, right? Zappa, missing persons. Yeah. He's got, trying to think what his main thing is i mean zappa and missing persons is his main thing yeah i'm, I'm skimming his so Wikipedia. he's been like an avant-garde drummer he's yeah been... there's a lot of yeah a lot of freeform stuff yeah there's a lot of just i think what it is, is that he's probably i mean yeah there's just a shit ton of zappa stuff here so i have a feeling that he's like he's a virtuoso in that way right and anything i think probably what it was is that they probably were like can you do this and he was like boop, boop, boop. and they were like shit can you do this 
And they're like, oh my god, he's yeah. like magic. It's just like, this guy knows every rudiment that's ever existed, and then is like, you want triplets? Now, the interesting thing, though, is that when I look through the rest of his Wikipedia, I mean, he looks like he's largely a drum for hire in a lot of ways here. I mean, he's not, he's just going, I mean, he's on a Duran Duran record in 95, he's on a Jeff Beck record, he's on a Steve Vai record, he's on a Richard Marks record, who else did I see here, a Debbie Harry the knack, but it just seems to like going band to band helping out. So it's kind of interesting that he was like, I mean, maybe, maybe he was hearing all this. He took this all to heart and he's like, I think these guys love me. So clearly I'm in. I don't need to be a journeyman anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm in corn now. That's it. Or maybe, I mean, the way that I took this is more like he was probably like, this band is whatever. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it worth my while because I can go do whatever the fuck I want. I'm Terry fucking Bosium. Oh, that's also, yeah, that mm, that also makes sense where it's just true. like, if I'm going to do this, this is what I need. Yeah. I need you to make me, because we found out. As we talk, I know, I know. The, with Deftones, mm-hmm. the basis that they had for a decade, a decade wasn't a full member of the band, so he had no publishing None of the none of the other stuff that would get in it. It was just a hired gun basically the whole time. Bazio knows the industry, obviously. He's like, fuck that. If I'm gonna be in, then I'm in, and this is the this is the requirement. And they were all like, ha 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 no. Yeah. 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 I that is what I assumed. I don't have any reason I don't have any information that would lead me to that, but it just I don't know. Sometimes it's like if it looks and it smells like that, it might be that. Yeah. Yeah. The way that they talk about... By the way, nobody ever says that. <laughs> because if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck is the expression. If it drums like Basio <laughs> And it looks <laughs> like Basio, he's going to need 25%. <laughs> he's definitely going to need to get full yeah. band rights and 25% plus publishing. <laughs> Two yeah. points on the back end. Plus, he wants his face on the little doll and the issues covered now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and we it's need not to... untitled anymore. It's Fazio's dream. That's Fazio's <laughs> dream. He's going to take over everybody else's solo stuff, too. Yep, he, re- right. he removes Fieldy's fret rattle, all of it. Mm. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, Fazio, big part of the doc. But another big part of the doc is, like, why are they making this record? Because, as we said, see you on the other side. 2005 not that long ago it's not that long not that long jonathan davis presents this premise in the doc saying the tour was a huge success went so great and now it just made sense we have to make another record immediately and i was like is that how this works like maybe take a break like you're down two guys because it seems to me like if I was in a band and I was like, we got to go in the studio right away. And one guy's already gone and the other guy's like, yeah, I'm going to run a restaurant instead of doing this. Like, okay, maybe maybe recoup. Maybe figure things out. Maybe recalibrate. But they're in it. And we were talking about this a little bit over text, Jenny, that like the real the reason that they probably felt they had to make this record is that heads out, everything, and they did not want to be seen as a non-active entity. They needed to be seen as a band that is making records constantly is existing a current band. Yeah, I and I mean the other piece of it, there I think there are a couple of things. 
like maybe ungenerously if somebody's like i think i'd rather run a steakhouse than be in the band it's probably like fuck you man but the other thing is like this is a job Mm -hmm. right like you got to put food on your family but Mm. also like i'm not sure how deep into sobriety jonathan is at this point but i'd have to imagine that at this point he's in a routine and a rhythm of doing this Mm -hmm. sober and so it's like i know i can imagine that it would be really difficult to go and step away from this and take a break you have all this time and you fill it with what Right. So that, I mean, I, again, am just completely assuming based on context clues, but I, I wonder if that was part of it too. That's a good point. It's like, gotta keep busy. You gotta keep busy or you fall back on bad habits. It's a very good point. But because of that, it does feel a little bit like, like a little perfunctory and naming your, and saying things like anybody can name this album. Who cares? We don't know. I do want to push back on the Wikipedia, which says often unofficially referred to as Corn 2. I've never heard anybody call this record Corn 2. <laughs> Corn 2? <laughs> no one has ever called this record Corn 2, ever. What What if it was my title for this record? Matt, you said your title was Creepy Bird. You're correct. And yeah, let's but talk. But I'm going to change that real quick. I think uh-huh. Corn 2. Ah! So let's talk about this album art a little bit. Indeed, Creepy Bird, Creepy Sketches. I don't know. I, I uh, This is a little gross. Yeah. That's why I went Creepy Bird. I don't like it. It reminds me of like a Dave McKean drawing. Unless this actually is Dave McKean. Mm. Maybe. Wish uh, we had someone to look that up. I know. <laughs> well, we he, it would be helpful if they hadn't <laughs> written these liner notes in the <laughs> fanciest of little... just broke in front of us. Fanciest <laughs> little handwriting here. Like, opposite of Draymond here. Just like, I want to be very, very fancy with all of my, all of my little... Uh, Articulations. Articulations. That's right. Thank you, Matt. Um, I'm here for you. Uh, yeah, but you can't. You can't make out a goddamn thing. It's just. It's <laughs> just, just so. Like it's staring into the abyss. It's just so interesting. Note here in the liner notes, we do have photos of the band. So we have uh, a picture of JD. Here he is, uh, sitting at a throne in a suit, clearly CGI background. With a little kid under one hand who's got, I think, a skeleton arm or something. And then in his other hand, he's holding a crying baby, but he's also wrapped in a snake. And behind him is a disintegrating church. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Next photo, Fieldy. This is the picture he also used for his cover of his book. Oh, yeah. Um, So Fieldy uh, really puts that book in context, really. (laughs) Hey, we need an album cover. Cool, I got something. I need a book cover. Cool, I got something for a couple years ago. Uh, It's called a lift and shift. Yeah, in which he is crucified uh, on a crucifix made of bases. And then the most interesting, which is Monkey chopping his doppelganger's head off with a samurai sword. Hmm. This is obviously my favorite photo. Um, As we learned last up, uh, we love a samurai. I love a samurai. I love it. I love it. Monkey looks gleeful about cutting off his own head. In the thank yous, Corn thanks their management, what have you. Jonathan thanks a few people. Fieldy thanks a few people, more than a few people. But um, Monkey thanks no one. Wow. No thank yous. No thank yous. Like, doesn't even put like Monkey thanks no one. Just doesn't even show up for the thank yous. 
But there were a couple interesting things in the thank yous. Jonathan says special thanks to Monster Energy Drink for keeping me up all those long nights at the studio. Hail Satan. Oh, there he is. Fieldy says, God in this order, and then proceeds to quote John 4.16, 1 Corinthians 13.4.7, Deuteronomy 28.1.1.4, Romans 13.8.10, and last but not least, Matthew 7.1. This is where I'm at right now. (laughs) But then, at the end, he says... Thanks also to Rockstar Energy Drink and Rockstar. <laughs> oh, we got inner band turmoil. So we've got this. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, that's crazy. Then knowing what we know about the head songs on this album, Jonathan, I think, definitely embracing all of his anti-religion takes. But also this, JD's a monster guy. And Fieldy's a rock star guy. Wow. I'm surprised this album even got made now that I know this. <laughs> what what kind of energy drinks are you guys? I've never really been an energy drink person. Nor have I. I mean, I guess, you know you know what I am, though, and people who know me know. I'm a vitamin water guy. Oh. Orange vitamin water, not the zero, the original. If I, when I go grocery shopping, I'm like, I clear out the shelf on it. I'm just like, give me like 12 of those. Wow. I drink those all the time. Probably going to rot my teeth right out of my head, but man, they're so good. Mm. And they're they're a hangover cure. I stand by it. I don't really get hungover anymore. But when I had those hangover days back in my twenties, orange vitamin water, right as rain, baby. Right as rain. Right as rain. Oh, I I was working at I was working the deli at Macy's in the mid two thousands. Woke up feeling like shit. Grab that orange vitamin water. Let's fucking go. Make you some wraps, son. I'm ready. Let's do this. Orange vitamin water. There we go. (laughs) What's your energy drink, Jenny? I no longer fuck with energy drinks, but mm. when I did, I was a big old sugar-free Red Bull person. Ooh. My car would be littered with sugar-free Red Bull cans. Why'd you stop? Um, I think because I, well, I actually don't really remember. I think it, I think it like coincided with me not, drinking anymore because i was always doing the whole like i think i was basically living a uh what was that stuff called sparks oh the four loco life the four loco Loco, but there's something before it yeah sparks sparks yeah yeah i was like like i'm just gonna instead of buying sparks i'm gonna buy sugar-free red bull and add vodka to that oh yeah so i was i was constantly living that life and then i realized that when i cut down on my caffeine intake and stopped drinking like um my anxiety way 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 down i was like oh they seem to be correlated yeah like lots of stuff was happening that normally would fully trip me out and i was like okay Let's just think about what we got to do about this. And I was like, it's almost as though years of stuffing my body full of like caffeine and alcohol (laughs) made me feel a little bit unwell. Um, So I did. So it was kind of that. And now I feel like if I had an energy drink, I would would just be bouncing off. the. Yeah. Like I, I max out at like a cup or so of coffee. And I'm like, that's about it for me. Yeah. Matt. I will say that if I if I have to grab an energy drink, it's just classic Red Bull. I don't know. I've had Monster, straight Monster. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law is a big 
peach monster fan? He likes that peach. <laughs> mm. Never tried it myself. Okay. The orange one tastes like orange crush. Okay. So mm. that one's not too terrible. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not an energy drink person. Mm-hmm. Like I probably in a year will have maybe two cans tops of an energy drink. I am reminded of the one time I had a five hour energy. Oh, Ooh, right. did you get the niacin rush? Uh, n- I went to an improv rehearsal and I call a guy a motherfucker five times <laughs> and he quit the group. <laughs> That's the niacin rush. <laughs> and there I was like, go. and uh, some people were like, I think you were just mad, Lauren. And I'm like, I don't know. That five hour energy really pushed it through my veins and then that motherfucker did what he did. And <laughs> I had to call him a motherfucker five fucking times. Wow. You were, you're I still would, lit up about this. Uh, he really did some motherfucking shit. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> okay. Wow. 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 Uh, I have information. Richard Kirk did the artwork. On there it is. Website. Richard, your stuff is creepy. Yeah. And I looked at his website, continues on the creepy path now. I mean, look at the CD itself. That's a creepy. Tentacly, yeah. Like, is that a mollusk? Sure, maybe. Oh, Possibly. oh, it kind of looks like it, yeah. Oh, and then look at this. Ugh, look at this guy underneath oh, yeah. the CD. Don't like that. That's guy. gross. And then look at this thing on the back. Oh, yeah. it's also gross. It, it gives me like um, illustrations from scary stories to tell mm, in the dark yeah. vibes. You know what I'm going to call this album? Heebie Jeebies. Ooh, got him. Heebie Jeebies. Got them Heebie Jeebies. Yeah, I think I'm just going to keep changing the name of this song, album as we go through the uh, Yeah. Through I'm it. sticking with Creepy Bird. All right, Creepy Bird. And Corn 2. Bra- <sighs> creepy Bird brackets Corn 2. I fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So this album was. Semi-successful? Was it successful? Yes, it was gold. It was certified gold, which is 500,000 copies. Critically, not gold. Mixed response, 51 out of 100 on Metacritic. The most positive reviews were from IGN, The Gauntlet, and Billboard. IGN noted that there's an overall cohesion from start to finish, and repeated listens continue to reveal new and intriguing elements at every turn, which bodes well for the future. The Gauntlet said, Untitled is the most articulate recording the band has delivered to date. Entertainment Weekly said it was the band's best release since Issues. Oh, my. Mm, Mm. Interesting. On the contrary, all music critic Stephen Thomas Erlewine said that the band is going through a middle-aged slump and the album doesn't break them out of it. Rolling Stone (laughs) asserted that the band sounds wounded and diminished and pop matters. Those boys oh, pop, pop matters. matters. <laughs> they called it tired, bland, and dated. Merely going through the motions rather than creating honest music. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. All of those negative criticisms is like how I feel about myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, are you slumped? Wounded, wounded and diminished. Yeah. Tired, bland, <laughs> dated, going through the motions. <laughs> Ah, sounds like my work day. Hey, you uh. know, <laughs> we all go through from time to time. Get off this album's back. Yeah. Hey, man, give it a break. <laughs> give this album a break. Um. <laughs> yeah, my title for this album is just going to be Screaming Defenses. Back off. Back off. <laughs> Got us some slack. You try living it. <laughs> Ten uh. years. <laughs> Um, if you got the deluxe edition, 
Of which this, we didn't. We didn't. I did not. You got not only the making of documentary. It says documentary <laughs> right fucking there I'll, on the Wikipedia. Screenshot that. Send it to Mitch and say, what do you think about that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, and it also, oh, God, her finger's broke again. In front oh no. of a- <laughs> and, and also, um, it also came with a corn photo slideshow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is? Slideshows. Love them. Can't you know, get enough. You know what I love? Slideshows of people I don't know. Oh, please. Yep. <laughs> you know, people I'm not, you know, personally just like, oh, there's Jonathan Davis. Monkey. Fieldy. Atticus Ross, maybe? <laughs> I'm going to assume that's Atticus Ross. I'm going to assume. I think we've covered just about everything. We're not doing the deluxe edition, so we're not doing the deluxe edition tracks. But I think it's time to dive into these songs on this album that has no name. All right. Well, uh, the first track is simply Intro. Man lives in the sunlit world (laughs) of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most. A dark side. Are are, are we going to the haunted carnival right now? This is Halloween. This This is Halloween. A world that's just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. Yeah, we get it. Okay. Yep. There's four comments in songmeetings.com. People did not know what to make of this. One person said, WTF. Yeah, what's happening? WTF. And uh, Mario867 was fucking pissed. <laughs> he said, it's a me. He, he said, it's a me. <laughs> Mario867. It's a me. It is a me. And I am a mad. <laughs> he said well this is pointless but maybe they (laughs) we hate motifs i love the idea of somebody listening to the beginning of this going what's the fucking point i cannot listen to this for another moment oh my god this record when does it fucking start i've been here for a minute (laughs) i'm busy and this record doesn't even have a goddamn title it's on me i already got enough going on in my fucking life i gotta call it something else it's 2007 i've had it i've had it oh my god it can never get worse than this it can never get worse than this we've had bush for two fucking (laughs) ah jesus is there another song in this (laughs) Another song. There. It's a me, Mario eight six seven. Yes, uh, we do have another song, and it's called "Starting Over."
You hear those drums? Oh, yeah, I heard them. Oh, yeah. It's Terry fucking Bazio. Wow. T-Boz, as T-Bos. I like to call him. Terry Bazio, world's greatest drummer. Yeah, 25%. Hitting. Give me 20. Give me 25% of your publishing because you fucking love me. Wait, why are you pushing me out the door? What's going on? <laughs> thought you left me. I thought you left me. Um, corn sounds small here. Yeah, they do. They sound very distant. Yeah. It's very weird to, s- to hear them this way because I, I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm not crazy, right? And I went back and listened to Here to Stay, and I was like, oh, this is a fucking monster. This is a wall of sound that is coming at me. And even something like uh, Freaking a Leash, which is you know spindly in sounds, though, you still feel the weight. I don't feel the weight here. Well, it's because we're down two guys. Down and two guys. And Bazio's busy hitting all the little tiny dings and dongs. <laughs> That's right. Get and David out of the steakhouse. <laughs> Make amends with head. Yeah. And BlackRock will be fine, David. <laughs> Get back <laughs> in the studio. Uh, I'm just imagining David just being like saying things like corner. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging hot. Swinging hot. Uh, pee allergy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote this. Definitely isn't world beater corn. We got this moodiness. We've got blurpy synth sounds, and Fieldy's bass sounds like a bass. Yeah, that's weird. Fieldy's bass should sound something other weirdly, other weirdly, other weirdly, other weirdly. It, I, I was thinking weird, and I want to say otherworldly. Came together in a new word. Other weirdly. Other weirdly. New title for this album. Other but it weird. doesn't have that clang, clonk, chunk. It doesn't sound like rubber bands falling down a staircase. Nah, well, you know. Yeah, what can you do? Uh, I wrote the chorus is kind of cool, but it's like they purposely avoid using it. We get it like twice, and then they're like, now nah, we're not going to do it anymore. Like, I feel like they could have brought it back one more time. Yeah. But no. How, how'd you feel? I agree. It seemed tired, but it also is about Jonathan's blood disease. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, that'll make you tired. That will make you tired. Uh, over on songmeanings.com, The Shape, which I believe is Michael Myers from the Halloween films, said that this song is about JD's blood disease, best song on the new album, I think. And then Cornball, K-O-R-N, Ball, said The Shape is correct, which, I mean, you're not going to disagree with Michael Myers. It says another intensely personal track which was inspired by Davis's near-death experience with ITP, a blood disease that struck the front man while on tour in Europe. Uh, but Cornball also thought it might be about suicide. But I don't know how that would be about starting over. So, But you know what? Songmeanings.com. Whatever you want the meaning to be. Yeah. Whatever you want you the meaning what? to be. You know what? That's very much in the spirit of this record. Mm-hmm. That's right. Whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, man. Whatever you want. I, well, for me, it was just another corn song, guys. All right. All right. Okay. okay. Well, let's see how we do as we continue through Sure, <laughs> a.k.a. Corn 2. Um, oh, Jenny, why'd you say that? <laughs> corn 2. Up next, we've got a song. Can I say the song? Would you yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, Lawrence dropped <laughs> so many up on top of his voice. I think <laughs> you're right. I have been saying Terry Fagmazio. Okay. <laughs> this next song is called We Have a Problem. For every person I've tried to be, the 
some snake arms corn Beach, we got a problem Beach, we got a problem this one doing the research is apparently about jonathan davis being schizophrenic but also his wife was schizophrenic i so uh, when he talks he talks about it in the doc in the, doc, the documentary documentary wikipedia approved wikipedia approved um and i I I think this is kind of like a classic, like people being like, it's totally schizo, but like, I, I don't think that they're actually schizophrenic. He said mm-hmm. that I have different sides to my personality. I have different personalities. My wife has different personalities. Mm. Um, but I think what he means is that he has different sides to his personality and she has different sides to her personality, <laughs> um, which to me is like, yes that is what it's like (laughs) to be a person trying to make a life with another person like um but yeah i think that's the spirit i don't i don't i don't think that they're actually schizophrenic and i hesitate to say that this is (laughs) in any way what it what it's actually like to live with schizophrenia because i i don't know but i mean i feel like if you had schizophrenia and your partner also had schizophrenia and things got heated, you would probably say, bitch, we got a problem. Yeah, I mean, when things get heated in any way, under any circumstances, you might say, bitch, we got a problem. 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 Um, They named the tour after this, as I mentioned earlier, the Bitch, We Got a Problem Tour, (laughs) which has its own Wikipedia page. It ran from September 22nd, 2007 to April 24th, 2008. It had two legs, 70 shows. Wow, bitch, we got a long tour. Bitch, <laughs> we had a long tour. They did 25 shows in North America, 33 in Europe. You're going to love these support acts, Jenny. I can't wait. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Droid, Five Finger Death Punch, and Flyleaf. Okay. Uh, that was the North American. When they went to Australia, though, they told all those bands, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Biohazard, Chimera, Throwdown, Blood Simple. Wow. Okay. I'm going to put it out here. The Aussies, they won on that one. Yeah, I think so, too. They won on that one. Yeah. Chimera and then Corn. Throwdown? Why not? <laughs> Blood Simple? What a fucking gift. Biohazard? Yeah. Jesus. Interesting notes on the set list here. Changed extensively between legs. Played songs from across their back catalog, as well as new ones from the untitled record. Several of the band's biggest hits, including Got the Life, were often omitted in favor of more obscure tracks. Risky. Very risky. This is also the only tour in which songs from the untitled album were played. Yeah. That checks out. I can say that every time we've seen Korn, 
they have not dipped in to Untitled. No, no. Nor do I imagine that they ever will. I no. I don't think there's anything. I don't. I don't think any. They're ever sitting backstage and be like, "You guys want to play starting over tonight?" No. No, we're nah. good. I, I imagine heads like, "What do I even do?" <laughs> there's not even a part for me on this one. Mm. And I don't even need this seventh string. Yeah. I mean, I had zero strings. Yeah. <laughs> there's no part for him to play. The signature sound isn't there. It's, I think we can agree. We can agree. It is not there. They do a lot of talking about eight strings specifically in the doc as well. They I did do. clock that. They do. At one point, Monkey plays one of those double guitars. Mm-hmm. The cheap trick double guitar? Mm-hmm. He plays the double guitar. And I don't know if it's that same scene, but there's a part where he is riffing up on the guitar. A dude is grooving with him. And behind him is a dude straight up asleep on the couch. Yeah, like it, just a old dude sleeping <laughs> yeah, on the couch. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. who's this guy? Who's this guy? I will say, and I don't feel I'm being ageist when I say this, so there's a lot of old dudes hanging out with corn in this uh, in this doc. A lot of old dudes. I don't know if they're... I don't, I don't know what they do. They're not identified. The only people that are identified are Atticus Ross, Zach... And, of course, Terry fucking Bosio. And Brooks Wackerman. Oh, and Brooks Wackerman is identified, yeah. But there's a lot of other people just, like, around. And we don't know. They're just old guys just hanging out in the studio. And they're like, they think everything that everyone's doing is great. They really think what Monkey's doing is really great. I don't know. Any other? M- Matt, bitch, we got a problem? Yeah. And my problem is uh, all these bitches. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair, Matt. That's fair. Is that what you want to call the album? All these bitches? Oh, no, no, no. It's still Creepy Bird Brackets Corn 2. <sighs> okay. All right. The fourth track on Corn 2 <laughs> is <laughs> Evolution. <laughs> this is Corn 2. <laughs> I'll spit out my drink on my computer. here we sure are we're talking about the evolving of human beings matt is leaving (laughs) evolution jenny pro con (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. doesn't exist obviously (laughs) this song has this strange grind on it that i can only attribute to atticus ross i really feel like based off what we see in it and i don't mean that it's like a like a blame or anything it's like very clear what sound he brings and what corn won from him i i mean jonathan davis has gone on the record that he likes this record he thought they were being experimental he's happy with it he says he listens to it from time to time so 
he's he's good with it but for me it's this nine inch nails sound being added to this corn sound that don't go together for me it seems off and wrong thoughts yeah it doesn't bring me what I want. I can understand like why they made the record and why it's it's not like it's the worst record I've ever heard. Oh yeah. It's one of the better records we've listened to probably overall on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I agree. It just it just misses the mark. And oh, this video this video. It was tough. It's a corn message video. The message from corn is that the world is getting dumber. And the way they're going to tell us that is with first a list of graphs <laughs> that they will show us. A bunch of graphs with the, you know, the band rocking out in front of the graphs. Of course. So, so you get this graph that's like, people are getting dumber. And then like, boom, there's monkey like ripping it up. It's like, okay. And then corn is performing in a brain. Right. I did like this feature. That was probably <laughs> the best part of the video. And if it had just been corn performing in a brain, I'd probably like A plus great video, one of the best corn videos. But sadly, that is not all that happens. Then we have a group of scientists. They are presenting their findings on the de-evolution of man to, I assume, Congress, some sort of governmental body. But they are usurped by what looks to be some sort of lobbyist who has an American flag tie but he also has a lot of money Mm. and he's also got a bunch of hotties right (laughs) and i wrote my notes tales old as time and basically using his money and his hotties um he is able to steal the focus from these scientists with their facts and their points Mm. and everything continues on the de-evolution of man we're all getting dumber and yeah this all reminded me of yeah the later period work of one director, Adam McKay, and his films, <laughs> The Big Short Vice, and especially Don't Look Up, and also The End of the Other Guys, which is really where this all starts yeah. with the graphs. <laughs> Jenny, yeah, a quick sidebar. Do you think that uh, Adam McKay watched the video for Evolution and said, I got to redo my whole career? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this video does a thing that really makes me very, very mad, which is presenting completely out of context data that is very very flawed and just presenting it as fact like the idea that people are becoming dumber is shaky and it's just to me it just uh i don't know it hits so many of my uh my my points of frustration one if we're basing this on like declining iq test scores we need to think about what the iq test is and how Mm -hmm. it's been used which like hello eugenics right not great who made the iq test what is it measuring hmm i wonder and then like you think about you get into that and it's like oh people are getting dumber and then there's like a statistic that they show in the video that's like smart people have like one kid and dumb people have like uh, like five kids or something and it's just like wow that's missing so much context and mm-hmm. like the illustration that they show in it is like all of these like the the couple that's supposed to be smart like looks like um like 
thin and put together and then like when it shows like the people who have mm-hmm. lots of kids they're like fat and it's just like okay so then we have this other layer of stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like but then that made me think of like oh well the BMI another thing that is used and has like really terrible and out of context origins and is used to actively make life bad for people mm-hmm. um so you know I watched this and I was just like what are we doing here right <laughs> But, you know, yeah, it's just the idea. I mean, even like something like the movie, like Idiocracy or just like. I was going to say Idiocracy when you were talking yeah, about that. It's just like the idea that just like people are getting dumber. Like, uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. And also like how we measure intelligence is completely fucked up the way that we measure intelligence i think is like often very weaponized against people and Mm -hmm. used to manipulate them it's it's just like i'm once again giving it way too much thought (laughs) (laughs) it's what we do here no i agree because yeah the i mean i mean i would argue smart people wouldn't have one kid they'd have zero kids if they knew what they talked to anybody (laughs) anybody with kids they'd be like oh wait a minute (laughs) um I swear to you, yeah, man. This week, mm-hmm. I've thought about that statement more than I've thought about anything because sometimes I feel like people say, "Like I'm never going to have kids." It's like this point, this badge of pride, like, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I know where it comes from. It comes from the overzealousness of some people who have kids to have, let everybody have kids. When are you guys having kids? When are you guys having kids? Mm-hmm. But, like, sometimes I feel like there's this very prideful, like, we're not having kids thing. And I'm like, I'm always in my head this week. I was like, good. <laughs> Thank God. Congratulations. You, you'd be a terrible parent. <laughs> Don't have kids. Fucking never have kids. It's fine. <laughs> like, I, and I, I, I say that, you know, very callously. I, I, I think it's such a personal decision. But it's like, if you're going to share that with me, then it's like, I don't know what to do. Okay, don't. Yep, you're mm-hmm. right. You'd be a bad dad. What do you <laughs> want from me? I mean, that maybe maybe that's what you say moving forward. Somebody's like, I'm never having kids. You'd be like, cool. You'd Thank be a terrible, God. terrible parent. Thank fucking God you aren't going to have kids. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow. I'm just looking at your face imagining hey, the I'll second one I'll tell you what. You. I've wanted kids my whole life. We have a daughter. Like, it is the hardest thing that I'm terrible at. So if you aren't into it, thank God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't please. That, that's one of the things they don't tell you is how bad you'll be at being a parent. Oh yeah, that you're just <laughs> gonna fucking every move you make is wrong. You're, you're just sitting there, just being like, "Wait, do I just feed this kid McDonald's?" Oh no. When was the last time you know sending texts? When did he eat McDonald's last? Because he's eating it again. <laughs> or like, um, what? Why won't this kid eat anything? Period. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I love is that day when you're like, wait a minute, none of these underpants fit anymore? When did he, when did these underpants not fit? What? When did this happen? You're wearing underpants that don't fit. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Wow, it's almost as though it should be a choice. <laughs> yeah, well, weird, yeah. right? Interesting. <laughs> I don't right? know. IDK. IDK. Um, yeah, Evo- that's evolution. Baby. Evolution, baby. Wow, that's wow, right. Wow. Um, it's all there, right in front of me on corn two the whole time. Corn two. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, uh, I love it. Isn't this a sweet ambrosia we get to eat all episode? It is. Mm. Thank you for the gift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, songmeanings.com. guys. This might be a plan. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Love that. This uh, this commenter's name is Jam Lives On. <laughs> wow, I really can't wait until the album is released. Now, July thirty first is forever away, but this song is fucking awesome. As is, I will protect you. Anyways, if the whole album is as different and amazing as this song, it's going to be a great thing for Corn and all their fans. Wow! 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 <laughs> Plant or not a plant? Way Matt, plant. Plant, Jenny. This is a plant. A we need plant. to get some water. Definitely okay. A plant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do we need some water? Yeah, a full can. Because that's a plant. <laughs> that's a plant. Uh, no comment in the world has ever dropped the date and another song on the album. And, and then the capper of it's going to be a great thing for Corn and all their fans. <laughs> a thing said by normal human beings all the time. <laughs> you know. At my peak Radiohead fandom, I was like, this is going to be great for Radiohead and all Radiohead fans. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's who I think about. Well, I remember, Jenny, when you got, I think, the last Rush album that they put out, you turned to me and you said, this is going to be great for for Rush and also all their fans. Uh, Yeah, that's just how I talk. That's just a normal thing, (laughs) normal human being It's a normal thing. thing for me to say. There was one person, though, that I was like, this dude, this is a real fucking dude. His name is Devastatus. Wow, wow okay. real person. And he said, "Corn, great as always." <laughs> that I believe. Real dude, real dude. Okay, I got one more. This is another one. I'm not sure if this is a plant or not. So let me know what you think. It's from Kill Switch Nine One Six. John said the song is about global warming and sense and the sense of how he wonders if his kids will have a place to live in the future. I cannot wait for this fucking CD at the end of the month, six thirty one. Plant. That seems real. That seems real. Matt, you seem torn. I am torn, but I think they got the release date wrong, which means that they're not a plant. 631 isn't even a date. Yep. That's a fan. <laughs> that, that's a fan. That's a fan. 631 can't come. It's never coming. <laughs> can't come fast enough. I'm just waiting I'm just for waiting 631. For somebody to take a look at this Gregorian calendar and say, add a day. Add a day. We record out. Well, you know what? He probably thought it never came out because it doesn't have a goddamn title. <laughs> what do you mean? Corn 2? Motherfucker. Corn 2. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, what do we got next? Up next, we've got Hold On. Wash the soul 
How tired is Corn at this point? They're exhausted, man. They have to be. This, these lyrics are not normal Jonathan lyrics. These are real well, paint well, by the number lyrics. Hold on. Be strong. Be strong. <laughs> hey, Matt, when you think of this song and this song title, yep, and you're approached by, say, the band, maybe band management, and they're like, hey, Matt, you got any video ideas for this song? For Hold On? Yeah, for Hold On. What Maybe it's like somebody holding on to something, like a mountain climber or okay. a tightrope right. walker. You're not far. You're not far. <laughs> Trapeze art. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. These are all good ideas. I like all these. I like all these pitches. Uh, Jenny, what's the video for this song? It's a bull riding competition. Oh, well, <laughs> of course it is. A fucking but course it is. Featuring balls. 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 Uh, Matt, it's a funny video. I'm sure it is. It's a, I mean, an intentionally funny video. You take that fucking tongue and you press it as hard as you can against your cheek because that's what you're gonna get with the old core boys on this one. Um, they said in the uh, they said in the video, uh, the making of video because there's a making of documentary. <laughs> documentary. Is it a doc or is it just a bunch of film? <laughs> I mean, I would say this is a documentary. This was closer to being a doc. I would say Mitch would. Did Mitch watch? No. No. Okay. No, he no, did no. not watch this. Because I think he would even have to admit by his rigid documentary standards that the making of of the Hold On video fits the guidelines. It's a making of. Yeah. It's a making of. Thus, a documentary. They said that it's time to make a funny vid. It's time that their last few vids have been very serious. And they certainly have been. So it's time to be funny. And if there's anybody funny, it's corn. Real cut-ups. Real cut-ups. True. Yeah, yeah. Laugh a minute with corn. So we get a lot of balls jokes. Tremendous amount of balls jokes. Jonathan Davis has literal brass balls. Hold on to these. Yeah. uh, Jenny, walk us through your feelings on this video. I mean, it was fine. It was just like a, a funny rodeo balls video. That's it. Like, I mean... I feel like that's there wasn't really anything more to it for me. They're just they all have like goofy makeup, goofy hair, goofy outfits. Do you remember the quote of why they made this video? Is it because everybody likes watching bulls? Yes. That's what Fieldy said. <laughs> yes. Like what's well, everybody likes watching bulls? <laughs> yeah, uh, the streams. Yeah, it's yeah, the video is uh yeah, basically just based around this idea that we're just gonna have a funny little competition between Monkey's new in town rodeo rider and JD's longtime rodeo champion who has the breast balls. Everyone in the video is playing it very broad. Uh, the people that are in the audience were told go insane, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so they do indeed. All those extras really earn their money on that one. Fieldy is a uh, bull whisperer in the video, and he is basically the only person that can talk to bulls and make them do what needs to be done. Monkey is the hero. JD is the villain. Monkey wins, but then in a twist, Jay Z tries to steal his check that he won. So Fieldy convinces the bull to kill Jonathan Davis. Right. Right. Let me just say, hilarious. It's very funny. Very funny. It's very funny. That's that's the video for Hold On. Not what I would have guessed. Um, but yeah, I wrote in my notes that this is sort of corn, but sort of not. Sounds like they're purposely avoiding the things that they're known for to be different and experimental. 
clearly intentional. Uh, I think this is the hookiest chorus so far. Yeah, this definitely is so far my favorite song on the record. Jonathan in the doc or footage, depending on if you're Mitch or not, um, says that the song is like meant to be for anybody who's dealing with an illness or a bad relationship or whatever, just saying to hold on and be strong. <laughs> and um, this this uh, appearance, there's a, it was appeared in media, a few different things. My favorite thing, based on what we've heard, is that this is the second song played during the 2007 World's Strongest Man competition, and (laughs) (laughs) for some reason, it's so funny to me. That is (laughs) on the nose? Hold on, be strong. strong. (laughs) Got it. Uh, I feel like that's a situation of like, dude did not do his planning. They were like, you got all the songs ready for the Strongest Man competition tomorrow? Yeah, I sure do. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, that shit's like totally, totally done. done. Googling current rock songs. Hold on. Oh, thank fucking God. Oh, yeah, this works. All right. Up next, we've got Kiss. You don't have to be... <laughs> <laughs> if you're a creepy bird, it's okay. You don't Corn have to watch Dynasty. Corn too. To have an attitude. <laughs> All right, so we're in our feelings. We're in our feelings. Guys, I think it's time to get your Erlemeyer flasks out mm. and your beakers because it's getting a little experimental in here. Are we in the lab? I think we are in the lab. Get those safety goggles on because corn is experimenting. Um, Because they're plucking the guitar. We're making weird noises. We're just getting experimental. Jenny, how do you feel about experiments? Um, generally speaking, pro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you think of any times, and I'm really putting you on the spot here, of when like some of your other favorite bands have like decided to like jump out of what they normally do and experiment, and you've been like, oh, here you go. You boys really tapped into something new. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't have any myself. I feel like any time, I, I don't know, I feel like in general when like a like a band like really decides to like really mix it up too much and get away from what they're like really known for in a way that doesn't, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know guys, like we didn't need this. Um, I mean, I think of, uh, unauthorized biography of Reinhold Messner. Ooh. Ooh. Jenny, Jenny, you just got me with that one. You yeah. just got me with that. That's one, a gotcha. That's, that's a gotcha. Cause yeah. Oh, yep. I take it all back. Jenny got it. She's right. <laughs> She's right. It is when I, I'm trying to think now of other of other bands that I feel that way about. I mean, there are like songs that I think of, but maybe not entire records that are totally. I don't know. I have to think about it more. That one stood out to me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I well, I think I always think about like basically, as we talked about on the show, my favorite band Sloan. They have like what I feel is a pretty solid set formula, and every now and again they'll like they'll like read the comments and like try to like move things around a little bit. And then everyone's like, no, nah, don't do that. Go back to what you were doing before. <laughs> and then they fix it on the next one. So um, just speaking from my own experience. So as far as this experiment with Kiss. I mean, not for me necessarily, but I can imagine listening to it in a bath feeling sad. Mm. Not me. I kind, not of, you. I kind of feel like this is more Jonathan solo yeah. than mm. Korn. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I just, if I were to count the strings on the guitars. Oh, no, Matt. Are you about to count? I would say that there was no strings on any guitar there because it sounded like there was just violins. And mm. you know what violins aren't? Corn's signature sound. That's right. Oh, boy. That's true. Uh, and we shouldn't bury the lead on this also. Apparently this song, this song is once again about being friend-zoned. Uh, uh, I grab my notebook <laughs> right here. Uh, oh, this is wow. the quote from Jonathan Davis I found. On Dry song. as a bone now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this, is, this was posted by Evil Eric 13. He said, Jonathan Davis said this. Kiss is about loving someone so much and not being loved back. Wishing that when you kiss them, that it was a true kiss in their heart. Like you really knew a hundred billion percent that that person felt the same way about you. Sploosh. Wow. <laughs> wow, well, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's yeah. tough. I know that's that tough. feel. I that's tough. That feel. Hey, we've all had our hearts broken. Yes. Absolutely. We've all mm-hmm. suffered from unrequited love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very human experience to mm-hmm. fall in love with the idea of somebody instead of possibly who that person is themselves and mm-hmm. maybe put ourselves in a situation where we think we're, you know... We're making ourselves perfect for this idea of that person instead of actually getting to know them. Not saying from personal experience, except that it's a hundred percent personal experience. <laughs> so, Matt, what you're saying is, even though that kiss is not in the corn signature sound, and none of us actually really like it that much, it's actually pretty good. It's a it's a very common human experience. Mm-hmm. Quite relatable if you are post teenage years. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's incredibly long. But Cold Flame on Song Meanings basically wrote a short play about this experience of being friend-zoned. And I'll just read you the opening. They were friends. Really close friends. Lots of good time spent together. And then they break down each lyric is how it relates. Oh, boy. No. Too much work. No. that's That's when also, oh, I would do things like this. And I hate myself now for them. But it'd be like... Yeah, you do all this work for that is just like a creepy amount of work. And it's like, I did this thing to this person that you're interested in. And they're mm-hmm. like, great. Well, great. The, Matt, this next yeah. line, this next line is right. Then he fell in love with her. Shit happens. Still for her, he was just a friend. And obviously, she pushed him away. I like that obviously in there. Wow. <laughs> and obviously. <laughs> you're, you. Are not the conquest. We haven't done a wow, wow, wow in a while. Tell you what, Sophie now says wow, wow, wow. She's your daughter. It's pretty cute. All right. Up next, we've got Do What They Say. Do what they say. 
experimenting. Walk away. I thought he was going to say waka waka. <laughs> also, we've got Terry, Terry the Animal, Bozzy on drums, and Bozzy Bear. Old enough to know the outcome. More blood, it's always the same. I mean, I do feel a corn familiarity with Jonathan Davis yelling, do what they say. That felt very like what I'm wanting. The rest of it, not so much. It's this, I don't know, like, I don't know. Does this remind you of like a sea shanty or something like that? A little bit. This this gave me definite like Queen of the Damned vampire Mm, vibes. Oh, definite huge vampire vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see this playing a mausoleum in New Orleans (laughs) (laughs) while a bunch of vampires fucking the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way that that chorus is done in this weird like it reminds me of like an old rhyme or something that aren't we cool and aren't we calm like the 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 lope of that rhyme feels like very familiar like it's like you know yeah did did they talk i know they talked about this one in the in the doc they did i don't remember what they said though shockingly (laughs) yeah well i mean the, the thing is is that just about every song is is explained in the doc by jonathan davis sitting in a chair clearly at the tail end of this entire experience and he is like the moment they called cut he was like i'm just gonna roll on the sofa and take a nap like he's i've never seen a man more ready for a nap than jonathan davis explaining everything in this doc yeah he's it's it's almost like they were like you do this you knock this out in one sitting you can take a nap you can go to (laughs) sleep forget a nap you can go straight to bed after this and he's like all right Let's just knock it out, which might explain why he just, you know, just kept saying Terry Bozzi, greatest drummer after. Like, he was just, like, so tired. He's just like, I just, in my dreams, he's just the greatest. So, yeah, I just always think about him in that way. There's a sort of cool solo rock out section near the end that also reminds me of whale sounds a mm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was fine. You know, I think, like, I believe it was what Matt said earlier. It sounds a little bit more like solo JD than it does, like, what I would expect from Korn. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was all right. I mean, much like most of this album, Korn 2, it is just all right for me. There were a couple comments on song meanings that got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dedo Lifted said, Def their best song, which I think is... An absolutely wild assertion. <laughs> Insane take. Uh, but this was my favorite from Tom Rick. I think it about death. 
Wait, is Tom Rick a pirate? <laughs> it might be. I think it to be about death. Yes, I think it to be about death. Uh, he sounds like a character in Moby Dick, a book I'm still actively reading. Matt, wow, wow, um, wow. <laughs> you shot me a look. Yeah, there was another comment from Nightwalker's Itachi who said, best song of the album. Okay. The new corn is rather good. Didn't expect it to be any good at all after See You on the Other Side. That really sucked. <laughs> well, is the best album since Tool's 10,000 Days. That's also an incredibly low bar um, since 10,000 Days is not a great Tool album. Matt, Send you... those letters to <laughs> Roach Does Coach anyone Arrow. think Tool 10,000 Days is that good of an album? Dude, Do... have you met a Tool fan? I was one. I mean, they, yeah, they but... have this thing where... They're just geniuses, start yeah, to finish, right? I just find it hard to believe that even the hardest core Tool fan is like, yeah, 10,000 Days, that's the one. Like, that's the one. Well, I guess we're going to find out in the comments. I guess we'll find out in the comments, you maniacs. I hope I don't hear from this guy. His name is Misanthroper of Hate. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy, bro. Dial it back. Like you're already a misanthrope and you're one of hate? My God. Uh, they said, for all of you who think this album sucks, you suck. Oh, <laughs> world class got him. John said that he wanted to try new things on this new album, and what he's done so far is great. Corn doesn't need head to be amazing. My favorite album was See You on the Other Side, and that was without head. This song is pretty good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love that it, they come out guns blazing, and then they end it with this song? Is pretty good. Pretty good. This album, this song's like a B minus. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Up next, we've got Ever B. So this is a song about head. What two songs about head on this album? I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So when they were making the album and when they made the doc, uh, they were really mad at head, especially Jonathan Davis. And um, and so he wrote these two songs, basically attacking him for uh, writing this book that he had not read, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he'd heard it said bad things, but he hadn't read it. And also that Head was putting out his own album, but also that Head was going so all in on 
being a born again Christian. He was very mad about it, and so he wrote this. He wrote this song and another song, basically attacking him in pretty blunt terms. Um, you, there's no read between the lines. You just read the lines. You see him just bringing him to task on it. This is the uh, song though, where every time I listen to this album, in like the entire time I've owned this album. I would definitely go into a zone out on the last couple of songs. And then when the chorus kicks in on this song, I go, oh, oh, we're back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm paying attention. Good chorus. But also there's a 215. At 215, there's this heavy part, and it still sounds like corn at half power. So this was one I, I, I don't want to blow any minds. They don't play this song anymore. <laughs> so, Jenny, how would you feel about Everbee? I don't know. It didn't really capture me. I thought it was fine. I, I agree with you. I very much was like zoning out basically the I think I feel like I zoned out most of this record. I really mm-hmm. tried hard mm-hmm. to listen to it. I have been disappearing and reappearing throughout this episode because I've been taking care of my kid. And I feel like, song-wise, I've missed nothing. That's basically <laughs> That's true. That's pretty accurate, Matt. I mean, yeah, it's 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 just really weird of just like... I, I mean, it's funny is that when you go through the Korn discography, it, there's this feeling that the first... Was this eight? is this album eight? Probably. I know some motherfucker's been calling it corn two, but I feel I'm like it's corn two, right? <laughs> corn two. Um, but like, I feel like you can go back through every album before this, and it can feel essential to. Uh, okay, corn, corn. Is it, no, the Wikipedia says this is the eighth. Yeah, eighth life studio, is but. Yeah. There are like yeah, like uh, the acoustic album Unplugged was before this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So corn, life is peachy. Follow the leader issues unstop untouchables take a look in the mirror see you on the other side and then corn Corn two you sons of bitches you know what's terrible is that the next album is called corn three yeah (laughs) (laughs) do the math uh so um but i feel like before like if you were to sit down with somebody and be like yeah you want to like understanding corn all of those other records have this sort of like like you need to know them to for the corn story, like what's going on with them, and even like something like take you take a look in the mirror. You still like what was happening with them, like what were they figuring out? And that still has a couple like essential tracks on it. It's got right now on it, and see you on the other side. First album without head, and they pulled it off. They figured it out, but now it's like now they're down, David. Mm. You know because well, stakes and, up, and they've been pretty hammered down this whole time. Mm-hmm. They really haven't had a long stretch between albums. Mm-mm. Eight albums between 1992 and now. I mean, 2007. I couldn't have made that many albums in that time. Me neither. I was only 10 years old in 1992. Yeah, I was, I was tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was tiny baby. Yeah, I was a little baby. Um, yeah. So I'm just imagining David being like, we got a full house tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do front of house. Look, we, we have a lot of fucking covers tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. There so, are peanuts all over the fucking floor. There's a say. Who's going to do short shift tonight? Oh, my God. Is anyone bussing? Is anyone bussing? Oh, my God. 86 steaks. <laughs> we got to close. <laughs> Dude, I need, uh, <laughs> I, I need a ribeye medium rare on the fly. All right. Table two is asking for smaller portions because they had stomach surgery. <laughs> There we then go. Get him the petite filet. Oh, okay. We can do that. 
Is that sound more preferable from hitting the skins behind the boys? Well, he boops on the pots and pans. That's right. That's Again, right. He, it's just high school musical back there. <laughs> Imagine you're back there trying to make it work, and David's like, listen, I just got to hit this walk for a minute just to get it all out. <laughs> and you're just like, I am trying to get this stuff made. I'm trying to plate here, David. I you know you hear... run it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing blind and playing. You're in the front being like, well, they're playing a pretty interesting version of blind back there, but I haven't gotten my salad yet. <laughs> right. Guys, I love that we're doing blind back here, but I really need my French onion soup. I'm hyperglycemic. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Mm, the bear season two is going to be fucking bananas. Banana David is in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I don't think we have anything else to say. Nope. No. About this show over. Song. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Bye. It's been a run. <laughs> all right. It's been a run. Better run. Up next, we've got Love and Luxury. I So this was very poppy, oh. uh, in con- you know, in relation to everything else we've heard on the album so far. Uh, it's about head once again. Yes, it is. Um, I read your little book, and <laughs> <laughs> I was just thrilled to hear something halfway catchy. That was just nice for me. Songmeetings.com has a couple hot quotes. First, Tate's man posted a quote from Jonathan Davis saying, "I had to vent." It really irritated me that he's putting out this book and profiting off of talking shit about us. The guys who gave him everything in his life and put him where he's at. If you don't want to be in the band, fine. But don't go out bad-mouthing us. And then uh, M.K. McHale had a quote from uh, Brian Head Welch. Uh, said, they'd heard that I'd written it, and there were rumors going around in Hollywood that I was totally trashing them, and that it was a tell-all book about everything they did and I did. And so they actually wrote two songs on their new album bashing me about the book. But once I heard that they were concerned about the book, I sent them a copy and put a note in there and said, I love you guys. I didn't trash you like people said. Read it yourselves. It is what it is. And now they're doing interviews, and I've read that they're totally cool with the book, and it's not what they thought it was going to be. So everyone's happy. But now they've got two songs hating me on their record. But it's cool. It's all good. I love them. They love me. I think maybe I deserve those songs because of some of the stuff that I said after I quit the band. So it's all good. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. And ultimately, that turned out to be true because he's back in the band. and Monkey was like, you're like my left hand, my right hand. I need you. I need you. One of my hands. You know? And I couldn't do anything. I was missing a hand. I mean, seriously, after this much time, mm-hmm. 15 years as a band, mm-hmm. putting out eight records in 15 years, these guys need a break. 
Need a vacay. Need a little vacay. I mean, it is notable that before they put out Corn 3, it's a three-year gap. Corn 3 doesn't come out until 2010. So they do take a little breaky break. I don't think we have anything else to say about this one. Mm, no, I don't think so. I'll be honest with you. I got stuck in a rabbit hole of looking up Yelp reviews of David's Ferrara's <laughs> restaurants. Hit what us is with it. it. What what is, is, what's it say? What's it say? Well, there it's so it seems, and I don't know if this is the only one, but it seems like the steakhouse was called Silvera Steakhouse, and it is no longer in existence, but it has changed to be called Silvera's Rock Bar. Uh, and this uh, location has also closed. <laughs> I don't know if he has any active, but um, it just seems like they really weren't able to get it together. Lots of lots of complaints. Somebody very upset that they only had two beers on tap. Miller and Bud, no I knew thanks. It. Wait, wait, two beers on tap? That's what they said. That's it? They said, this can't be a sports bar. Uh, they changed to more of a sports bar vibe. They said it can't be a sports bar. There are only five or six TVs in here. <laughs> um, we ordered Dave's steak tacos and the grilled mahi-mahi tacos. The steak tacos were virtually inedible. They were cold and filled with meat, the texture of rope. The fish tacos <laughs> would have been okay if they weren't cold. The fries were good. The server kindly took the steak tacos off the bill. Not sure we'll bother again. Oh, yeah. They do play good music. Um Ed G says, me and my girl went into this joint this past Tuesday. We like to go and hit up downtown because they closed down Main Street. A lot of places have great happy hour. We decided to hit the rock bar. Our seating was fast and there was room at the bar. The service was actually great. Our bartender was some cool young Mexican dude and he was on top of the customer service like no other. Downtown Huntington Beach bar service sucks. Anyhow, we had the macaroni and cheese. It was the best. And we also had some sweet potato fries. They give you about 10 pounds of it in a basket. The beef skewers were great. My girlfriend got a major buzz off the house margarita. <laughs> Once again, can't beat the great service we got. And the food is worth coming back. Great happy hour. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those sweet potato fries sound good. Especially if you get that many. 10 pounds 10 in pounds a basket. 10 pounds? I mean, my God. <laughs> now this is my favorite one and i know we got to get back to the album do we you but keep going. do we this <laughs> corn too <laughs> this is a two-star review and uh, it starts off in a way that it's it's like a this person's a professional author because they really or maybe jonathan davis wrote it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> seemed like an all right place until they kicked me out for no reason <laughs> no reason <laughs> If you think I'm not going to read this whole thing. Oh, with a lead off like that. Oh, I mean, no reason. <laughs> I love it. All right. Got there late to have a drink and hang out for my sister's 30th birthday. I went to the bathroom and accidentally spilled my beer. I picked up all the big pieces of glass, but I felt so bad I tipped the bathroom attendant quite a bit. I go back to my friends and two minutes later, a bouncer is telling me I have to leave the bar. I asked why, and he said because I was throwing up in the bathroom. Are you kidding me? In no way was I that drunk. I left without too much of an argument because I didn't want to ruin my sister's birthday. But really, come on, check your facts and get it right. The first time I've ever been asked to leave a bar, and it was for something I didn't even do. Ridiculous. I can say that the bartenders and the doorman outside were nice enough and seemed on top of it. I can't say much about the selection considering all I had was a couple of beers. Just don't spill anything or you're likely to get booted out. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. 
kicked out for no reason. Uh, no reason. You know, it's so crazy because, yeah, anytime anyone who's ever, you guys have all worked in a restaurant. Yes. Yeah. You love to just kick people out for no reason. Absolutely. You yeah, top 10. You are always like, that one. No reason. No that reason. One. And then you turn to the manager and go, that one. And the manager goes, yeah, kick him out for no reason. No reason. No Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Piece of trash. They love it. They love it. And then, because what's really great is when you kick him out, they always go, why? And you go, no, no reason. reason. That's exactly right. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm going to leave a bad negative review. And I'm like, no one no. will ever believe yeah, you. Yeah, no this place cares. is going to close anyway. <laughs> you can really say that because, I don't know, most restaurants don't last more than a year. That's because a fact. The I've... restaurant business is like the hardest business. Incredibly volatile. And that's why people, you get a little... You get a little wild. You get a little slap happy when you realize what you're playing with. You're playing with fire. And it's like your life and your livelihood that you just say things like, let's just kick some people out for no reason. For no reason. You know what? You know what we don't need? Customers. Oh, man. Let's just fucking get this guy out of here for no reason. Did he pay yet? No, kick him out. Kick him out for no reason. No reason. And comp his bill, too. You know, comp his bill, throw him out for no reason. Fuck our margins, which are already razor thin. Oh yeah, let's just. Oh man, I want. Let's run our reputation into the fucking ground. Into the ground. Into no the one ground. come here. We yeah, kick man. you out for no reason. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy's gonna go and yell. Oh, it's closed already. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. All right, up next. Texture of rope. <laughs> yeah, the texture of mm, rope. Yuck. All right, up next we've got innocent bystander. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, why don't you tell us what this song's about? Uh, okay, so uh, in the doc, Jonathan Davis says that although he's sober, he loves going into a party, rolling joints, pouring drinks, cutting up lines. They're cutting up lines. I was like, I beg your pardon? Uh-oh. What? Oh, yeah. He likes to cut up lines, and then just like the party gets started, and he's an innocent bystander. He says he loves going to titty bars and watching women bone. He says, I love that I just get it. He's like, I just like to watch. I like to get it started by giving him some money and then just watch him bone. And then somehow I'm still just an innocent bystander. Who, me? I'm, I'm just I'm just watching the ladies What do bone. you mean? I just like to watch ladies I'm bone. I'm just a guy jacking off in a trench coat. Asking you to love him. <laughs> 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 Here is a rack of 
cash. <laughs> and <laughs> never mind me. <laughs> okay, I like this. <laughs> I mean, I really feel like I'm like, like did, did did Jonathan Davis watch the um did the cocaine scene in um in the departed and be like that's just like me. <laughs> I'm just like an innocent bystander. I'm just an innocent bystander. Just, what, what's the line? What's this, uh, Nicholson saying that? He's, he's, he's a do it till you're numb. Something yeah. like that. Something. Oh, my, 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 my. Uh, my favorite thing is apparently all that shit in The Departed was like Nicholson going to Scorsese and being like, wouldn't it be crazy if he did this? And he was like, sure. That bye. Matt Damon story is the best. Mm. Oh, about the dildo? Um, the, uh, the one about <laughs> how they filmed the beginning. Where it's him, they've performed the hit on the couple that's by the water. Oh, yeah, he fell down funny. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's just like, but if you keep the camera rolling, I could also say, mm-hmm. if you keep the camera rolling a little bit more, if you keep it's the camera rolling a little bit more, more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. this really amazing. Yeah, because I think, I think, yeah, piggybacking on that, yes, I think also that when they were doing the meetup in the porn theater or whatever, uh, Nicholson was like, yeah, it'd be really funny if my if my character has like a dildo strap on. And they were like, fine, whatever you want, Jack Nicholson. You're a fucking legend. You can do whatever you want. Wow, wow, wow. And Jonathan Davis was just watching. They're like, these are good ideas. And bystander. Oh, God, I could totally mm. jack off to that. Uh, just Jack Nicholson taking out a big rubbery Because uh, I'm an innocent bystander. bystander. Here's more money, by the way. Uh, please do more cocaine in front of me. <laughs> I wrote in my notes that this chorus kind of rips. I do like it when he's screaming, innocent bystander. Innocent bystander. I mean, that's what I want. Songmeanings.com has a comment from top tier song meanings comment name, Metallicop. <laughs> that is actually good. Uh, who said, it might be when some douche dares someone to do something dumb as hell, like a prank or vandalism or kill someone. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this escalated quickly. Yeah, you could dare someone to do a prank. Okay, I can see you daring someone to do some vandalism. Don't be dared to kill. Not <laughs> worth it. Don't take that dare. Don't take it. Devaney said the best fucking song on this album, The More I Hear It, The More I Love It. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that he loves to facilitate well, the party. As he said, I mean, he has big addiction issues that he is wrestling with to this day that even when he had other injuries and other illnesses that he had to make sure that any like painkillers and other things that he got he didn't become addicted to those so it's a constant struggle going back to what you were saying about like why they made this album he's got to stay on a routine or things could get worse but he's still a man who came from the party era and he's saying like listen i'm not i'm no stick in the mud I'm going to come through. Don't worry. JD's not going to leave your party early or come to your party and bring it down. But I am just an innocent bystander. I mean, really, if anything, it seems like more of an excuse of like, JD, you're, you're sober. And he's like, don't worry. I'm over here. I mean, around I'm, me. I'm not the party anymore. I'm not the party anymore. I'm at the party, but I'm not the party. I'm an innocent bystander. I get it. Yeah. I mean, and so far, it's true. I mean, if this is what it takes, I guess, maybe... <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like, how do you, how do you escape that world when it's still part of your world? Mm-hmm. I think true. you have to, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine how difficult it is to be in that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Realize like, if I keep going, it's going to kill me, mm-hmm. but it's also how I make money right? and feed my family or mm-hmm. put food on my family. Gotta put food on your yeah. family. And then 
do it for, you know, again, this is 15 years of corn at this point mm-hmm. and keep doing it. He has to be like an innocent bystander. It's like, yep, I'm fun. Have all the fun you want. Have all the fun you want. I'm just over here jacking off into this <laughs> church coat. Asking you to love uh, me. Asking a girl to love me. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know. All right. I think we're ready for the next one. I think so, too. Up next, we've got Killing. weird noises on this one and uh, Jenny I wanted to know if this is the section we have not talked about it yet is this the song with the dick keyboard ooh depending on if the documentary was in sequence Mm -hmm. of the it would not be if the documentary goes through the songs in order because the dick keyboard happens before the innocent bystander talk. Mm, that's right. But I don't yeah, I don't think the, the I don't think it's in sequence necessarily. Okay. I think it's a little bit out of sequence. But either way, let's talk about the dick keyboard. Yeah. So they have a keyboard. It's got a lot of buttons to push on it and what have you. And then I believe it's Monkey who says Zach could put his dick in it. Yeah. Or was it Atticus? No, I think you're right. I think it was Atticus. And he was like, yeah, you could probably put your dick in this keyboard. Yeah, you could put on like a strap-on dildo. Yeah, and everybody's like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And they are obsessed with the idea of the dick keyboard. And then certainly when that section happened, Jenny, you just texted me dick keyboard. And I was like, (laughs) well, I know where you are in the documentary. Yeah, it just was texting you my location in the dock <laughs> as it was happening i mean it was also one of those things i think also uh, sometimes you'll send me a text let me know you haven't been kidnapped and i was like oh that's yeah. jenny she just texted <laughs> me dick keyboard so everything's fine and well at the home that's right this song it's got some chug which i liked but it has all these weird wee wee and whistling noises underneath that just sound like somebody fell in a dick keyboard frankly yeah, and i'm like know. i don't really know i don't know it, it felt like every day was i mean it felt a little bit like every day was what did this button do day. And mm-hmm. that also does kind of evidence by they were just like Atticus Ross showing up being like, I got I got these all these buttons and they're just like, we love it. Great. Cool. Let's do it. I think it's part of the monkey section, um, which is just monkey just pressing buttons and doing things and everybody like monkey. Love this guy. Love this guy. So, yeah, there's a section. Oh, this is also the song 
where in the documentary Jonathan Davis professes his love for Cannibal Corpse. Oh, shit. That's right. Says he loves it, and every now and again he tries to work in a death metal vocal in which, Matt, you can hear that if you go to two minutes. He goes soft to growl. There he is. There he is. Mm. I will say, all the footage of Jonathan Davis recording his vocals, that guy's the real motherfucking dude. Oh, man. he's been the real motherfucking <laughs> dude for you, a yeah. long time. I was sitting there, I was like, man, who's not, like, Jonathan Davis, a very singular vocalist. Very much so. Yeah. Like, he's... he's Me, Wally Justin, two singular vocalists in a row. Draymond is singular. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Davis is singular. But I like Jonathan Davis. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's sarcasm. Sar- sarcasm. Sarcasm. Well, sorry, I'm just jerking off in this. <laughs> I was like, Matt, trench coat. Matt, stop jerking off in this trench coat and <laughs> realize I'm, I'm an innocent bystander. <laughs> You're the fucking victims. Me? Innocent. Innocent. Quick cue. Oh. Yes. How respectful of our time is this album? Uh, in this edition of the album, we come in at 4847. For corn, that seems right on time. For this album, it feels very long. I agree. This feels like a longer album. Um, I think we are ready for this next song. All right. It's Uh-oh. called Hushabai. <laughs> That's <laughs> no. how it's supposed to be pronounced. Is that that? Oh, Hushabai. Hushabai. Interesting fact I learned while doing some research on this song, never performed live. Yeah. <laughs> no hushabye. No hushabye. Jenny, what'd you think of hushabye? Uh, it seems like a swing that I... I didn't necessarily like it, but I it made sense to me that this is where this album would go, this mm. era. Yeah, it's, it's funny is that it makes sense in the context of this song... But also, it's one of those things where I'm just like, are these guys, these guys were pretty, like, in the weeds with a lot of this. I don't need this. This is not what I need from Corn. I don't know what we're doing here. It just seems like so, just like, we're getting so experimental that I'm just like, what, what are we doing? We're just so out there. But also noticing that the guitar tone on this song is basically how everyone's guitar tone sounds now in 2022. 
like every song. Like I listened to like three albums last week, and they all had this guitar tone. Hmm. So, Gorn did it first. I know I should buy. Why would my hushabai? Mm-hmm. One comment on songmeetings.com from Fresh Kid said, <laughs> <laughs> Fresh Kid said, on the DVD, JD says that it's almost a Romeo and Juliet song where the person is talking the other into suicide. Monkey is nice with the mandolin. I love this song. It makes me all sad and shit, but I love it. BTW, add me on MySpace. MySpace.com slash Gorilla Fighter Kid. BTW. BTW. I, I love the idea that he's like, I like how he's talking about it. It's almost a Romeo and Juliet song. <laughs> almost. 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 But I don't believe, if I'm remembering Romeo and Juliet correctly, and I haven't read it since high school, they only commit suicide because one of them thinks the other one is dead. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think anyone's talking anybody into suicide. I think it's a situation where one of them thinks the other one is dead. So then the other one kills themselves because they don't want to live without him. And then the other one turns out to not be dead. Matt, we're talking Correct. about... Is that... Oh, thank you. Thank God. Yes. That's yes. Uh, that's the story there. That's the story. Yeah. They take the potion, makes it look like they're dead. The other one comes in. They off themselves. The other one wakes up from the potion. Sees the other one dead. Off themselves. You know, they say communication is the root of all problems. Here we go. Clear communication between yeah. Romeo and Juliet <laughs> hey, would have solved a lot of problems. I am taking this potion to look like I'm dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody said somebody said this recently, and it was fucked up, but it's true. They wouldn't have had this problem if they'd had a smartphone. You know? That's why you can't do Fuck Romeo it. and Juliet. Yeah, we, they Connor. say Billy Shakes is a good writer. Uh-uh. No. Hey, no way. No way. He didn't think about phones. Yeah. <laughs> All they had you is quills. idiot. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot. What? What are you doing? Who are these characters? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're just Jackmos. Jackmos. Jackmos with Shake's opinions. That's right. Um, I cannot believe it, but we are on the last song. All right. This song is called I Will Protect You. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> Oh, in the distance, I hear... What's that? Are those bagpipes? Matt, these are digital bagpipes. So this song is Jonathan Davis's letter to his children that one day he'll be dead, and so will they. 
interesting premise dealing with your own mortality. I get where he's coming from, but it does lead to the funniest part of the documentary in which they talk to Fieldy about this song, Jenny. Yeah, Fieldy says something along the lines of, yeah, man, like, I might die, but I want to live a life that's, like, cool shit. So my kids will be like, damn, he was cool. I could have died right now, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's Fieldy. Holy shit. Fieldy's dreams. Fieldy's dreams. That moment. He is singular. He is a singular, singular being. Um, one a true one of one. Mm-hmm, true. So that that was funny on there, but yeah, JD is very serious. He's like, yeah, that's what this song is about. Which then made me wonder, though, did he sit his kids down and just play him this song, or did he play him the whole album? Because if I was JD's kid, I'd be like, so what's this innocent bystander? <laughs> <laughs> is that why you're? <laughs> Is that why your trench coats are so stained? Your trench coats are tr- so crusty, Dad. <laughs> We're just two kids standing on top of each other's shoulders <laughs> in a trench coat. Trying to get into a strip club, asking you to love us. <laughs> Throwing mountains of money and cocaine at you. Yes. Yes. There is a comment from Death Metal Man 91. Uh, my favorite guy. And uh, this feels, it feels, I don't know. I guess the word I want is definitive, and I'll just see what you guys think. He says, corn. Corn. Untouchable. It's untouchable. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Untitled. Untitled. Metal corn fingers. Two. Wow. Corn two. Yeah, the metal fingers are two. Ah, you sons of bitches. So, yeah, I think he's saying corn two. Ah. Give his dreams. Mm. Corn two. Mm. <laughs> A hip hop. Uh, A rap rap. And that's what I do and I say about that hip-hop. A rap rap. <laughs> uh, Jenny, thoughts on I Will Protect You? Uh, I think we've covered everything. I've already forgotten it. There we go. That's it, you guys. That's Untitled by Corn. Give it any name you want except Corn 2. And now it's the part of the show where we talk about... Can and talk. Jenny, we'll start with you. No. I don't have anything for the canon from this record it definitely feels like they're tired you know mm-hmm. <laughs> middle age slump all the stuff i get it it's definitely like a it's a fine album there's nothing that really like stands out they don't sound they sound so small but i guess that makes sense because they're not really working with the full crew here the Bosio stuff was funny to me. Mm-hmm. The way they talk about Brooks Wackerman in the documentary uh, is the way that I wish people would talk about me. Wish and hope that people would talk about me. It's like, really nice guy, shows up, super professional, mm-hmm. super pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, what you want people to that's say That's what about you that. want. Yeah. Um, but Not an innocent bystander. No, no, I don't want these... Jenny, well, she's in the corner, man. She, I don't know what she's doing under that jacket. She keeps throwing money and co- packets yeah. of cocaine at us. Yeah, and I she keeps saying, "I love watching women blown." She's just oh. like, "Do it till you feel numb." Yeah, has to ask, has to ask. Yeah, do it, do it. Yeah, bone, yeah. Bone ladies. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is true. I, like, it doesn't bother me to be around people that are drinking or doing drugs. So. You, you know, are also maybe I'm this. on this path. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I go to a TT bar mm-hmm. and 
Just fucking watch it happen. Yeah. Maybe. See, and it's funny because I cannot be like Jonathan Davis. Anybody brings out illicit materials at a, at a party, I'm like, what's going on? Huh? What? Ah! Yeah, I have no chill. I am not. Mm. Yeah. It's like I, I've told the story before. I was at that Halloween party and I found out that there was like a whole cocaine room and Boom. I was like, what? It also explained why people just kept having coming up to me telling me the same thing over and over again. Those people were high on cocaine. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What a bore. Yeah. <laughs> what a bore. <laughs> Nothing for the canon from me. What do you think? So this is, I think, of the corn albums we've done, this is the worst one. Um, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but nothing sticks with you. The whole process feels very muted. They feel very small, echoing what you said, Jenny. I mean, even taking notes on this, though, giving me my whole focus, it was tough to be like engaged. Like I do just keep zoning out. And uh, so I have nothing for the canon on this one either. Matt? Yeah, it, it's a no for me, dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is what I want from corn. I think you know that this definitely is not what you yeah, want Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want an, uh, like a pseudo Nine Inch Nails album from corn. From I want a corn record from them, and they're going to give me that and a few, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would say that this is, if you're going to have an album that doesn't live up to the rest of them, this is a good album to do that with. Meaning I don't listen to this and I go, Corn's legacy, you know, ruined, mm-hmm. or they just had that one album. Like they already have so much good work mm-hmm. that this album not being like up to that doesn't really hurt their reputation. Right. There's not a part of this that I listen to and go like, corn's done. I feel like a lot of this is, ah, this sounds like a Jonathan Davis solo record, not a corn record. Mm. No disrespect to the corn so- the the Jonathan Davis solo record. No, no, which no. Is very good. Actually, I'm kind of boosting it mm-hmm. because then it wouldn't. I wouldn't have to put corn on top of it. Right. You know, but when I put corn on it, I'm expecting. I, I don't know if you know this about guitars. But oh my they god, man! Typically, have six strings. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I've okay. heard about this. But uh-huh. like Head and Fieldy, when they were together, they you were had like, Monkey and Head Fieldy Monkey. They okay, all got yeah. together. Fieldy's uh-huh. like, let <laughs> me go. Fieldy's like, I have a dream, and Monkey and Head were like, so do we. Why don't we all add one extra string to our instruments? Seven strings? Seven strings to the guitars, five strings on a bass. Let's go for it. Let's Je- see what happens. Jenny, is this is this possible to put seven strings? Has Mitch ever done that? Oh, yeah. Seven strings on a guitar? He's put up to 572 strings on one guitar. Oh, my God. I mean, I think it lends itself to what I would call corn signature sound. Mm, seven strings. And when I listen to this album, I'm not necessarily hearing corn signature sound you're right you're not i mean in some cases you're as i think someone said earlier zero strings yeah (laughs) yeah zero (laughs) zero strings which is i would say as far as you can get from corn signature sound correct is zero strings so seven strings corn signature sound defined by that have we talked about this before no okay no first time I'm glad we got to it on this eighth record. Oh, boy. That would be embarrassing. Very much so. It's like, it would be like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Right? 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 Mm. Our legacy. One comment. One comment. (laughs) Never letting this go. I am very fragile, guys. Never letting this go. Same, same, same. You're dealing with a Fabergé egg of a man. Uh, Yeah, but we use the 
tenderest of gloves and the tenderest of carries. That's right. That's right, man. Just a Fabergé egg and a trench coat. <laughs> Looking for a girl to love. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. Untitled by Corn, not in the canon, but you know what? In good company with Corn's first record. <laughs> Wrap it up, Lauren. Take us home. And there you have it. <laughs> and that is the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Keep on saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Roach Coach, and all those. Head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Roach Coach Podcast. And, of course, the Jenning AMA. Send your questions. Send your recommendations. Anything she want to ask Jenny, she will answer. Before we say bye, babe. Before we say bye, babe. Yep, yep, yep. So send those over, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Send them questies. And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I know it's not like me to. Oh.